So you're an attorney and you've decided to go out on your own. Now what? You need a plan and you're not alone. Join expert host Adriana Linares and her distinguished guests on New Solo. Tune into the lively conversation as they share insights and information about how to successfully run your law firm here on Legal Talk Network. Hello, welcome to New Solo on Legal Talk Network. It's time for another episode. I'm Adriana Linares. I'm a legal technology trainer and consultant. My job is to cruise the country helping lawyers figure out how to use technology a little bit better. I have a great guest on today. He's a practicing lawyer, which is, uh, when we look at the statistics for New Solo, the most downloaded and listened to podcasts, these are the ones that seem to be the most popular. So I'm always happy to find cool and interesting lawyers for you to hear about and meet and listen to. But before I get started, I want to make sure and thank our sponsors. We're going to start with Clio, which is, of course, the world's leading cloud-based legal practice management software. Thousands of of lawyers and legal professionals trust Clio to help grow and simplify their practices. Learn more about Clio at Clio.com and that's C-L-I-O.com. I want to make sure and thank Solo Practice University as well. They're a great resource for solos no matter how long you've been practicing. Make sure you check out solopracticeuniversity.com and learn how to run your practice better. So today's guest is an attorney based out of Milwaukee. His name is Nate Cade. He's the owner of Cade Law and Nate and I have interesting history together because he's a client of mine. That's how we met. And helping Nate over the past couple years as his practice has grown is really inspiring. And he's the type of lawyer that I like to meet. He's definitely the type of client that I like to have. So I asked him if he wanted to come on the show and share with everyone how he has so far run a successfully solo practice that has grown a little bit. Hi, Nate. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Thanks so much for um, coming on. Really appreciate it. I know you're busy. And of course, your patience that we had to go through and getting my technology ready for this show was very nice. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. Tell our listeners a little bit about your practice. Sure. Well, I've got a three-person uh, or three-attorney law firm based in Milwaukee. Um, I guess we are what you would call virtual in the sense that there is no physical office space. All the attorneys that work for me, including myself, my paralegal, a couple admins, uh, everybody has a home office. And so we set our own hours, come and go when we want, spend quality family time, and uh, get to enjoy ourselves as well as um, doing work that we love. That's definitely one of the things I want to ask you about. But I'm going to back off on it for just a second so that we can sort of progress through how that became a thing for you. Because if I remember correctly, you've been practicing for a long time and you were general counsel somewhere, maybe a partner at a law firm, and then decided to go out on your own? Yeah, I um, started off with uh, one firm here in town in Milwaukee, um, one of the larger ones in the state, and I was there about 15 years. And then I left that firm, went to a, another firm, smaller, but it had many more offices. Uh, and I was there for about two years, and I also not only was a partner, but served as the general counsel for that mm -hmm. firm, and then in, uh, I guess, effective March of uh, 2013, decided to give this a try and go solo. That's a big, um, it's, you know, I've had so many, actually at this point in my life, most of my friends are lawyers because I spend so much time with them. And I've watched so many lawyers take that leap. And it's, 
regardless of how many times people like me tell them you're going to be fine, you're going to get clients, you're going to survive. That's a scary thing to decide to do. So what made you want to do that? And then where did you start? Well, for lots of reasons, uh, which I won't go into, I decided I had to leave the firm I was at. And I kind of faced this sobering choice of what do I do? I knew I had a lot of clients. I knew a lot of them would come with me wherever I went. And uh, I did have a couple of things lined up at some other firms. And I got to thinking, how is it going to be any different there Mm -hmm. than it was at the other firms? And, you know, big law firms are great. Um, They're great places to work, great places to collaborate, you know, certainly mentally stimulating. You get to work on fascinating things. You know, you have all the accoutrements that you can imagine. Um, But at the end of the day, most clients tend to choose the lawyer. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I made the decision if I was going to do it, I had to do it. And I'm glad there wasn't a plan B because um, <laughs> I think uh, I listened to a lot of podcasts and I just listened to one the other day where they basically were saying that uh, people are more successful when they don't have a backup plan because then you don't fall into that. Well, if it doesn't work out, I can always do whatever. It's no, I have a mortgage and student loans. And so I don't have a plan B. This has to work. Was that the hidden brain? Yes. Oh, I love that episode about decision making. Correct. Oh, I love that. I sent that to everyone I know. And that was, you know, that was such a compelling episode. It's so interesting that you of all the, and I listen to a ton of podcasts like you do too. It's so interesting that of all the ones you picked to mention that that's one. And and that is really interesting. You know what I liked about that episode too? It made me feel good about the decisions that I have made and then occasionally look back and go, did I do the right thing? I was able to say, yes, I did. I've totally done the right thing. That's so funny. Yeah. So it was great. You know, I, I love the uh, host, Shankar Vidath, and uh, oh, yeah. listening to it. And so, yeah, it's all good. No, that's great. So you decided to go on your own, and it sounded like you were confident that you at least had one or two clients to go with you. And I think, you know, when a lawyer can do that, that is definitely a huge start because what you've got your first one or two clients, and from there, hopefully, the rest just keep coming. What was your sort of plan or not plan as far as technology goes. Did you, you know, when I, when I work around bigger firms, I find that they have a ton of technology, but it's not necessarily always used to the maximum. So were you inspired or uninspired by your previous bigger firm experiences? You know, I don't think the big firm experience really did anything because, you know, most firms tend to have, they have committees, there's groupthink, you have all these levels of decision-making. I had an iPad. When the iPad first came out, I actually won it as part of a contest for an organization I was at. And I used to travel all the time. I mean, you know, I had platinum status on Delta, and it was all domestic flying. But I didn't take a, uh, a laptop. Lord. I actually had a, uh, an iPad. And I would take it on the plane. I wrote briefs. I could edit, do everything. And for a couple of years, that's all I did. So when I made the decision to go on my own, the easiest thing I think was the technology and not so much of just going and buying it. But what I tell everybody who's thinking of doing something on their own or, or making a shift is Google. And so I literally had a spreadsheet of every expense that I thought I was going to incur from bar dues down to cost of computers. And every single thing I went through and I Googled and I tried to figure out what was the best in breed. So what's the best VOIP? What's the best document management? What's the best cloud provider? You name it. And then you test everything out. So that You took a lot of time to test stuff out too. Yeah, I took a couple of weeks. I mean, yeah. once I made the decision and it was a go, 
it took about 10 minutes to turn everything on. But I had already, you know, once I made that decision, it was just click, 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 done. And I'm, you know, lock and load and we're up. You know, I want to go back just a moment because when you were talking about, I got this iPad and, you know, it sounds like you, you got it a long time ago, like one of the first iPads or versions of an iPad. What made you just decide that that thing was going to be able to do it for you? Have you always been kind of into technology or did you look at this thing and go, wow, it's, you know, did, you know, what inspired you to just go to the iPad? Because I think that alone is interesting that you got it and you immediately said, this is it. This is all I need. Well, I wasn't as geeky in high school as your sound engineers. Um, <laughs> you know, I didn't uh, take things apart and solder them back together. So, mm-hmm. but I didn't um, either. <laughs> you know, I think part of it is if you've traveled, you know, laptops have certainly gotten lighter nowadays. But, you know, back in the day, traveling with a laptop was very clunky and Wi-Fi certainly has helped. It's gotten better. It's gotten easier and faster. It's now in hotel rooms. And so... Once you got over the mindset of needing a um, a flash drive or a disk, and you you could either have something emailed or you could store it, you know, in the early versions of a Dropbox or any of the other iterations, that's what made it easy. And a lot of it was just you know you have to with the iPad. I planned early, so if I knew I was traveling, I would make sure I downloaded a mm. lot of stuff. So you know, I had one really big client when I switched firms. And when I interviewed with the general counsel, they had about, oh, it was about 600 plus pages of all of their cases over 10 years. And I remember sitting down with him in Chicago at a meeting and, you know, he would tell me a little bit and then I'd say something. And finally he goes, where do you know this? I said, well, I've pulled every case you had for the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. He said, seriously? I said, yeah. And, you know, when you're on a plane, you're captive. So yeah. once you get used to that technology and you get used to playing, a lot of apps are free. Sometimes they're 99 cents, a buck 99. And you just kind of play with it. And that's what I think technology, it's, it's like having the trainer in a law firm. It's great that they train you, but once they leave, will you remember what you're doing? And the only way for something really to work is for you to play with it. And after you play with it long enough, that's where you're going to learn. Not someone saying, okay, now you do this, now you do that. It's okay, if I hit this button, you know, it's not going to set off the nuclear codes and uh, blow up anything. And once you can accept that, it's just playing. It's just having fun. Why, why do kids play with computers and don't have any fear whatsoever because they don't know any better. Yeah, I love that approach, that attitude. And it's it's just so refreshing. And, and you know, I will say that, you know, when the iPad came out, the look and feel of software was just forever changed, or our expectations of it. And it became a lot easier to just pick up a program. They're obviously inexpensive, but just became easier to learn how to use them. Very user-friendly. Unlike, you know, the programs of days of old where a trainer would sit in front of a group of lawyers in a law firm, and often still does today, trying to teach them how to use a program that I say all the time, I'll look at an old, what I call a traditional practice management program, and I'll say, my God, it looks like Fred Flintstone designed this during his best design days, right? When he was at the peak of his gooey work, (laughs) this is what Fred Flintstone did. So it just sounds like you have always, you know, somehow, I guess you just had it in your heart, Nate valued what technology could do for you as far as being efficient. And that's why I think you probably run, and as far as I know from the little bit of the insider knowledge that I have about your firm, a pretty efficient law firm. So you decided to go on your own. You tested a bunch of technology. You actually tested and played with it, which most lawyers don't do. So I think that is a huge tip that I hope listeners take away from this is that there's value in taking that time to test drive, right? Mm Mm-hmm. 
I mean, well, I not, not only test drive, but the beauty of it is if you make a mistake, you know, most software now for the most part is SaaS, service as software. You're not buying long-term contracts. And I am always, you know, I get one of the things I get as an email is, is the, uh, the techno lawyer. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, I click through that and I'll look through it and it will say, Hey, there's this new software. Okay. Well, I play with it for a couple of weeks. Do I like it? Does it need, you know, some refinements? And this is not the Titanic. The thing can be turned around very quickly. So that's what I think you always have to do. You're constantly playing and seeing what is the best and what will help you better than anything else. That's great. It's true. And it's just, again, just lawyers finding, deciding to take the time to do that is so rare. So I really hope that anyone listening, thinking about going on their own, you know, either takes good advice from podcasts like this or actually takes the time to do that. So what were the first couple of programs or services that you decided were going to be the ones to help you build your successful law practice? Definitely VOIP phone. So that was the first thing. You know, you had to have a phone, and I wanted to make sure that the messages came in as emails so that if I'm out, I didn't have to dial in to a number, and I can listen to them wherever, and I could forward them. And then I guess from there, it was just kind of testing out different things. You know, so I tested a number of client document management systems. You know, the great thing is they're all the triumph for 30 days, and I put in dummy data and, and three or four of the, of the big ones. And just kind of played with them. What does it look like on the iPad? What does it look like on my Mac? Mm. What does it look like on this? Um, I actually had my assistant who knew I was contemplating leaving. So she would play with it at home. Um, So I put in some dummy dad and kind of got her opinion as to Mm. what she thought and kind of went from there and made a decision. Great. That's very smart. I just this weekend helped a friend set up his Clio account and... I assume much of what you were talking about was probably maybe the client portals, which I love. And we're going to talk about your use of a client portal in a second. But I told him, I said, create your first matter and your first client in there and make your client your girlfriend. Then send her an invite to connect and then go sit next to her and watch what she goes through to log in and to get into the portal. So you're familiar with it and you can explain to your clients, this is how you're going to do it or it's not that hard. And we're going to talk about the portals when we come back from the break in just a few minutes. But for me, those portals are, I mean, just the future of communication with clients. I think they're amazing. So I think that's great advice. You know, get in there. If you've got a wife, a girlfriend, a colleague who's willing to help you, a boyfriend, I guess it could be anybody, set them up with an account or set yourself up with, you know, most of us have more than one email address with the guest account, a client account, a fake account and and check it out, see how it looks. All right. So do you mind telling everyone which voice over IP service you went with? Uh, I do not. Um, I chose Ring Central. Excellent. That's a great one. And do you get your faxes through there too? Uh, I get faxes and we also use, they recently purchased a company called Glip, G-L-I-P, which is very similar to Slack. A lot mm. of folks would know Slack. Sure. It's the, one of the unicorns in Silicon Valley. Yep. Um, so Glip operates exactly the same as Slack, except it's free with the Ring Central account. So it's a great thing that, in fact, I insist that all the folks that work with me we try to stop using email if we Excellent. can and focus mainly on sending messages through Glip. So you're not hitting the reply all and the, hey, congratulation kind of emails because that's, that's one of the things I never liked about a law firm. You get 100 messages back with a reply to all and I 
don't think these people ever learn how to just reply back to the person who needs to be <laughs> congratulated. I agree with you. I think their computers are magnetized to go to the reply to all button. They don't even realize it. Do you remember or do you know, and I bet you do, your monthly per person for something like Ring Central to give our listeners kind of an idea of what they would pay for a phone line? Actually, it gets cheaper the more phone lines you have. And I paid for it in advance, mm-hmm. a year's service. Um, but you could cancel, and I think it was like a 20% discount. So for me, it was two lines and a fax. It was probably about $500, give or take. For the whole year? For the whole year. And then it goes down from there. So when you start adding additional people because you're adding additional lines, it actually gets cheaper. And so every time I add somebody, I just pay. Um, they actually prorate it to my new year. And so I just pay for it for the year in advance. It's great. They charge my... American Express, so I get the points. It's taken awesome. care of. And, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, I charge. I you know everything I can through through the credit card. I've got my even my um, the people who do my uh, depositions. They have my credit card on file, and they send me a message. Can we charge? And I say yes. And that's great. The points add up. I just came back from Vancouver for a family trip, so thank you very much. <laughs> you are a very efficient attorney, and I love it. So last thing on Ring Central, I just want to make sure we say it out loud. It's a fully functioning phone system. So you and your fellow attorneys and your paralegal are able to answer the phone, transfer calls, receive voicemails, probably send voicemails to your document management system. Mm-hmm. You are able to send and receive faxes through Ring Central. Are there any other? And you've got the Slack-like We'll just call it for what it is, Glip service that allows you to have internal communication. Any other cool things that a service like this does? Actually, the, one of the cool things about it is it also has a texting feature. So mm. you can, if, if someone calls my direct dial, I can send a text. It's coming from my work number. So rather than giving out my mobile number, I don't mind so much because that's what I have to do. But obviously, you know, my paralegal uh, assistance, et cetera, they may not want their personal mobile right. number given out and they can send faxes and you can do it either through the desktop app or you can do it through, you know, they have an app for both the uh, iPhone as well as Android. So it's Excellent. fantastic. I use that, you know, I can send messages on the fly, even in court, you can send faxes, you can respond, you can do the glip, the Slack light feature uh, at all times. So it is well worth the money. Don't skimp. Um, I know a lot of people like other services, but you know some of them are too cloud-based, and you could have technology issues, and you don't want to necessarily just tell clients to call you on Skype. But with Ring Central, in fact, I landed a really large multinational client solely by having Ring Central because they have video conferencing for free. And oh, I had awesome. one, one person was in London, one was in Philadelphia, and the other one was somewhere else in the U.S., I forget, and we did a video conference at 10 o'clock at night um, while you know I was basically pitching, uh, and I got hired off of it. So <laughs> That's it's, amazing. It's paid for itself many times over. I love it. What do you do for a receptionist? I don't. I haven't gone to the virtual receptionist yet. Um, for the most part, if someone, you know, they can leave a voicemail, mm-hmm. um, they can hit a button to go out to another one of the people on staff. Excellent. Um, so... You know, I haven't gotten to the point where the volume is, you know, call every three minutes that I need a, a receptionist. And I've debated about hiring, you know, something like a Ruby, but I mm-hmm. haven't quite gotten there yet. You know, if I you pull the plug, I'll pull it. it. Yeah, but I just, I haven't found a true need for it. 
Well, that's good. Well, listen, before we move on to our next segment and talk to you a little bit more about some of your other typical technologies, we're going to take a quick break, hear a message from our sponsors. Clio is an invaluable software solution for law firms of all sizes, handling all the demands of your growing practice from a single cloud-based platform. Clio enhances your firm with features such as matter and document management, time tracking, and even billing. Clio is an effortless tool that helps lawyers focus on what they do best, practice law. Learn more at Clio.com. That's C-L-I-O.com. Ready to create and build your own solo or small firm practice? Need a nuts and bolts education on the 360 degree experience of starting a business? There's only one online destination dedicated to helping you achieve your goals, Solo Practice University. The only online educational and professional networking community dedicated to lawyers and law students who want to go into practice for themselves. More than 1,000 classes, 50 faculty and mentors. What are you waiting for? Check out solopracticeuniversity.com today. Welcome back to New Solo. I'm Adriana Linares, and with me today is Nate Cade. He's an attorney in Milwaukee. Before the break, we were talking mostly about his communications technology, how he got started. Ring Central is a product that you love and speak highly of. Many attorneys do, so I also like Ring Central very much, Nate. What about practice management? You said you kicked around some tires, got in did some test driving and then you ended up picking which of the, do you want to tell us which ones you test drove first and then which one you picked and why? Well, I'm happy to. It's not your sponsor, unfortunately, so I don't want That's you to okay. get in trouble. Um, no. <laughs> I I would like to go on the record to say I love all the practice management programs that are out there. And all I ever say to lawyers is pick the one that works for you and learn how to use the hell out of it. Well, there you go. That's it. Um, I use my case, but I did my case. I did Clio and Rocket Matter. Sure. So I test drove them all, put in the dummy data, and I just thought that at least for me and for um, my former assistant who was helping me, that seemed to be the one that was, I guess, most intuitive and easiest to use. Great. And you're still using it. I am still using it. I still, you know, I recommend it to everybody, but I also tell them to try, you know, several of them and test drive because that's, I think it's, it's a preference issue. And like I said, if something comes along and someone else gets a uh, makes a better mousetrap, I have no problem in switching if right. it will help me. <laughs> you know, one of the things that I really love about you is that you've leveraged their technology and the way you use it on your website. So if someone goes to cade-law.com, and that's C-A-D-E-law.com, and hovers on your about, you're a very handsome man, by the way, Nate, <laughs> and hovers on your about link, they'll see another link that takes them to a technology page. So you've been Why'd you do that? Let me just ask you. You've got it right there. You're like, you're leveraging the fact that you use technology and you're going to use it to communicate with your clients. What made you think to put this on there? You know, honestly, I don't remember that. Uh, That was a couple of years ago. And that was right when my case, they actually designed the website uh, and it's out of date. I've got it. I haven't added the other people yet. That's just one of those things that unfortunately is sitting there. uh, (laughs) I understand. As you know, but you know, it was just something we went back and forth with and they actually, I had a prior, um, company doing the website. I thought they were horrible. I won't say their name, but they charged a lot of money and getting updates was a pain. And their response basically was learn HTML5. 
Oh, dear. And I could do it. And, you know, my comment to them was, I'm willing to pay money, but I shouldn't be paying basically three, $400 an hour, which is what I would earn to learn HTML5. I mean, come and, on. Yeah. So that was their response. So, and they, they sure. advertise at some of the big shows and everything, and I'm sure they'll be at the tech show and some other places. I'm sure I know who you're talking about. But so I made the decision again, you know, I could have said, well, I paid a lot of money on the downstroke and I'm going to stick with it. But, you know, my case contacted me. I saw they had just come out with it. I looked at some of the templates they had and I said, well, it was like 500 bucks to do the initial website and $50 a month to maintain it. So it's like, okay, I can say I, I'm stuck and stay with what I have or turn around and switch. So um, I think the other people were a little shocked I switched so quickly, but <laughs> I, I, you know, I won't suffer the fools long enough. So it's move on and get with it. You were making decisions. You could have been a scientific study for the Hidden Brain podcast episode way back then. I don't know about that, but I appreciate it. So I love this because it says, you know, whether you wrote this or they did, it doesn't matter because it's there and it says, you know, you go to about, you go into technology and it says our firm uses a secure online portal to communicate and share information with clients. Do you find, so tell me about engaging your client. When you engage the client, do you say to them, we've got this portal, this is how we're going to communicate? Because for me, what I want lawyers to do is, and I hate to use this corporate word, but I'll use it just for this purpose, onboard their clients on how to use the program. It's pretty self-explanatory. All these client portals are. And I tell my lawyers, my clients who say, my clients will never use that. They won't be able to figure it out. I say, look, if your client can upload a picture to Facebook, believe me, they can figure out how to use these modern, simple portals. You know what? And part of it, I think, is you get to know your client. I have some clients who are just fantastic. I have a much older couple out in California that I was doing some work here. They're retired and they log in and they pay their bill online and they click a couple buttons and it's done. And then I have other people who turn around and they do the, oh, I don't know what I'm doing and they throw their hands up. <laughs> so sure. I would say about 90% of my clients will get an electronic bill. So I usually, my case will send them an electronic bill, but then I also follow up with a PDF um, just so they have something physical in case they have to save it or um, forward it on to someone or whatever. Or alternatively, I will mail if I have to. It just, you know, it's all, it, it, to me, it's all depending on the client. You know, there's some clients yeah. who are really competent and there are other clients who you know won't be able to do anything. Yes, I have the same problem. <laughs> you also use Net Documents, which is one of really one of my favorite programs. And what I get a lot from lawyers is I'm too small. I'm either just a solo, which you were when you started, or it's too expensive. You know, help me make the case for why a program like Net Documents and managing your documents in a sophisticated way is valuable. You know, I didn't need NetDocs until it was more than me. I mean, that was really the, when I hired the first lawyer to come on board, right. I needed something. And, you know, there's lots of options. I know there are people who think Dropbox is secure and no disrespect to Dropbox, but it's not secure. Well, it's not a proper document management system for a law firm. Right. You know, like, and you to can't me, really, well, you can't search, you can't, I mean, you can do things, but you can't do things. So, you know, I made the decision when she accepted my offer to come on board. It's like, okay, I've got to do something. And once again, I just started Googling. I started searching and I came across NetDocs. And uh, I actually kind of went into it haphazardly. 
because apparently you need to have so many licenses for them to play nice with you. <laughs> um, I think it was five or six licenses, and I was only going to have two. So they basically said, here you go. And I screwed everything up uploading it. I remember spending all of Thanksgiving oh my gosh. <laughs> uploading just a ton of files. And then it didn't work the way it was supposed to. We just couldn't get it to work. So I followed up. You know, they kind of said, well, you know, we don't do that level of support because they basically train the trainers for law firms. Yeah. And they went through a list of names. And then when, as soon as they said Adriana Linares, I said, ah, oh, I know that name. That's, um, we didn't get to I, talk about that, but I, I love that story. Yeah, so I listen yeah. to your podcast. I'm like, okay, at least I know that name. And, and she sounds very, very competent on the various podcasts. So that's, you know, that, that is more than anything. You can, at least if someone's competent, work with it. So I ended up working with your colleague, Alan. Mm-hmm. And uh, first thing Alan said is, okay, you screwed this up. I'm like, okay, fine. And <laughs> he then said it in a very nice way, I'm sure. He did, he did. And, but the funny <laughs> thing was he uh, said, okay, we, we kind of talked to the way I wanted the architecture of the net docs, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the way I wanted folders and consistency and everything. And he worked his magic behind the scenes. And then he said, okay, here's what you're doing. We did a couple of training sessions. I love the fact that you don't need someone physical. It's all um, yeah. usually a go-to meeting. Definitely. And um, every time I hire someone new, I make arrangements and, you know, there's a new training session. Sometimes I'll sit in on it just to refresh. But, uh, you know, it was an easy decision. And part of it was, you know, it is expensive. You know, it's basically $50 a license. And, mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you want to have all of your documents secure where you can access them anywhere you go. You know, I did a trial in uh, January for a week. And it was great having all of the documents in NetDocs, um, it was the county just north of Milwaukee. They had Wi-Fi, and I could on the fly go through everything. So if there was a document that I didn't have electronically on my laptop or you know on a flash drive or something like that, I could log into the system and pull it down instantaneously. And to be able to have that, and to have that where they even have the um, the ability, you know, they have a iPhone and Android app. So to be mm-hmm. able to click a button and the client asks you a question, you know, I was doing a prep session before a trial in February and the client asked me something and I didn't bring the whole file and I, all I had was my phone. And I said, give me a second. And she's like, what are you doing? I said, just hold on. And I literally punched up and then show her, awesome. I had the affidavit. Or no, I'm sorry, it was a deposition transcript. I said, is this what you were looking for? She says, yeah. And I said, hold on a second. <laughs> I clicked a button, I emailed it to her. Awesome. She goes, holy crap, how'd you do that? And I said, well, you know, it's the technology. You're like, I'm um, magical. Yeah. You know, but just having that at your fingertips to be able to, wherever you are at, to be able to, you know, as long as you have the ability to get onto the internet, you have the ability to access the files. And that gives you power and the ability to be anywhere, anytime, and practice law. I know. I love it. I would love to be a lawyer today because I'm not a lawyer, but if I was, man, these tools are just, they're just amazing. What other cool technologies do you use that helps you run your practice that you like? Uh, what other cool technologies? Um, well, or uncool like, technologies. Maybe there's something uncool out there. Well, I am all about real estate in the sense of I have a 27-inch desktop iMac, but then I have a 27-inch screen that goes with it as well. Um, so I have two 27-inch screens side by side. So I can keep all my communications, my email and Glip on one and all mm-hmm. the other stuff, and you can move them back and forth. I think that is just a godsend. Totally. Uh, one of the things that I tell everybody to get is, you know, I have a Fujitsu ScanSnap, oh. uh, the iX500, and I make sure I buy one for everybody in the office, even if they think they're not going to use it. It is 
just, I think, a game changer. Um, and everybody who is relying on outdated technologies is just, I think they're missing the boat. And, you know, even from a cost saver, it makes no sense to print as much paper. I mean, you're always going to print paper that you're never going to get away, at least not today, to be paperless, but you'll be paperless. A um, mm-hmm. guy that I used to know here in Milwaukee, Ross Codner, that was his saying. And it's right. true. You will, you will <laughs> paper, um, but print less of it. And Aww. once you get to that mindset, I think it's, it's easy. I think Ross Codner must do a little jig on his grave every time somebody says that about him and his very now famous and well-used slogan of the days long gone. That's great. Yeah, the scan stops are amazing. You know, you mentioned early on, or maybe it was during the podcast that I messed up when we first started recording that our listeners won't know about, but I'm not going to pretend like everything's always perfect in this technology world. You mentioned that everyone is virtual and everyone gets to work from home or from a remote office. And you do that through all these great technologies that you've implemented. And tell me, did you decide to do that from the beginning? Because I mean, from the beginning, did you think, well, I'm not going to incur office space now, I'll get it later? Or from the beginning, did you think, I'm going to run a virtual practice because I can and I want to, and I'll probably be happier this way? You know, I think when I first did it, I kind of fell into it because I didn't really know where where I wanted to office. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of cities, Milwaukee's got different sides of town. You've got the north side, the west side, east side, downtown. And... You know, people are really strange because they don't, you don't think about it when you're working downtown in a big firm. But there are a lot of clients who don't want to, you know, if you're downtown, they don't want to come from the west side and have to deal with traffic or you have to kind of figure it out. And as I kind of went and every month that I enjoyed working from home, you know, I get to see my kids when I, when I want, I'm not worried about, oh, they've got something at school. So I've got, you know, you're always in your head saying, okay, it'll take me. 30 minutes to get there, and if I leave exactly at this time, I can get out of the parking structure here. You don't think about that stuff. Um, right. And it just kind of developed. And you know, the first lawyer that was working for me, um, she's down in Illinois. And so it made sense. There's no need for her to commute. She used to commute all the time. We worked together at, at the first firm I was at, and she made this commute, and she hated it and was miserable. Mm. And uh, you know, she's got uh, a young daughter, and so for her, this was heaven. And it just made sense. And, you know, you, I, I suppose you can get office space, but it's, it's always interesting to hear. Um, I'm helping a, uh, a lawyer I know with a, a firm, uh, a friendly firm breakup. And he was telling me the other day what he pays for rent. And there's two lawyers, a paralegal and a couple of assistants. And it was just, it was like seven grand for this space. And they have to pay that every month. Yeah, it's insane. I mean, until the lease is up. And I'm thinking, okay, that's seven grand that I don't have to spend. And that's insane. You know, having been, you know, I was a partner in in a very big firm. I know what their overhead is. Mm -hmm. My overhead is a tenth of theirs. And that's including paying for my own health care. So why would I ever go back, you know, short of someone writing a check with a lot of zeros? It doesn't make sense to, you know, you just, it just doesn't make sense to, to, at the end of the day, not have flexibility and money and everything else. I, I would much rather, you know, I, I much rather enjoy this. Once you get over, you know, I used to wear a suit every day, even when Ugh. they went casual, I had a tie and did all that. And then once you're out on your own and 
you know, I'm wearing shirts and a, a t-shirt and a hat, a, a Harley baseball hat, and I've got a TV <laughs> in my office. You know, after a couple of months, you realize that people don't care. Clients don't. Uh, I always ask people, how many clients have come to your office in the last 60 days? And when they start thinking about it, usually it's something like they have a depth prep. You know, so they've got someone to come to their office. And I said, wouldn't it be easier if you went to their office? Well, I suppose. Yeah, but that's the way we've always done it. Right. But every guru tells you you're supposed to get out of the office and go visit the client, visit them on the factory floor, visit them in their office. What better way than to actually go visit them? And this forces me to get out to have to go see them. And I think it makes for better relationships than them saying, okay, now we've got to come downtown to go see the lawyers and everything else. Right. This is, you know, you're not seeing the king anymore. It's not kissing the Pope's uh, <laughs> ring and genuflecting. That's awesome. I totally agree with you. Hey, if, um, if a brand new lawyer walked up to you and said, Nate, what are the top two things you learned by doing this that I should not screw up? What would they be? Doing by going out on my own? Yes. Well, one of the first things I think is, and I told you this, and I'm still trying to hope I set the record, is I pay every bill pretty much the day I get it. In 11 seconds. Well, to be fair, there was that one bill, but there was a screw up on your end on where it was going because <laughs> it was going to, to, to my right. associate. That took a whole day. Well, but then I got the ding at some point saying the bill was like 60 days past due. And I was like, what? But No, that never happens. No, no. But let me, let me tell our guests about the last bill I sent you where we ended up on the phone afterwards because I think I, I still had your name wrong. Your name is not Nathan. It's Nate and Nathaniel, I think. So anyway, you sent yeah, me a message. And, yeah. You sent me a message. It's not my name. I felt so bad. And I think you called me. You wanted to schedule training for your new associate that was coming on. And we laughed about it. He said, I just paid the bill. And I said, well, oh my God, thank you. Because I, I have clients like everybody else that they don't like paying their bills. And you said, yeah, I think I paid it in 11 seconds. <laughs> and I laughed and I said, I think you do too. That's amazing. And then you told me, I like to be the fastest bill payer anybody has. And I think that's great advice. And I think it's funny and endearing and incredibly respectable. But you also then explained to me why that's important to you. You don't want to be the fastest bill payer because it's a contest. You have your reasons for doing it. Well, I call it poor man's accounting. I mean, you can spend all the money on cash flows and projections, but at the end of the day, I can look at the bank account and I know what's in there and it's my money because there are no outstanding bills. So everything is paid. And so what's in there other than payroll is pure cash. And so, you know, we can debate about the time value of money, but I know that money is my money, period. Right. Uh, and I'm not doing the mental gymnastics saying, well, I know I've got this bill or I forgot about that bill. It's, it's done. Great and, you know, the other thing is I, I will say is I've got some, some um, vendors, you know, like, for example, my process server. They will jump hoops because I pay their bill immediately and they know it. And right. you know, I can call them on a Sunday night and say something is critical and they will say, we'll come get it right now. No They'll problem. Drop everything. And, you know, you don't get that all the time. But they also know that I make them a priority. That's and so I try to get money advice. from clients ahead of time, you know, to hold in trust. But I also know that, you know, I've got the cash flow that I pay the bills no matter what, period. Great. Got another one? The other thing I would say more than anything is, especially for someone who's young. Actually, I'll say two, two more. So I'll say three. So, okay. so pay your bills in advance. We talked about technology, but you need to learn to use it. 
I had an associate years and years ago who uh, I remember asking him to fax me something on a Friday night. Um, he was working late. And then Monday, I'm like, where is it? And he goes, well, and he was trying to explain how he's sending it from his computer, but it wasn't working. And I said, they have mm. this whole fax department here at the law firm. And he goes, well, I don't know how to use it. And I said, oh, okay, mm. let me tell you a little secret. <laughs> you have no value to me as an associate. I don't turn to you and say, what do you think? And you know, you're, somehow you are going to have the, the, the witty answer or the, you know, the correct answer. You're there to know the technology and to be a backstop. So I made him and another guy go through training. And so they actually showed him how to use the fax machine, the mail machine, the copiers. And I said, that's, you know, on a Friday night or Saturday when the assistant's not around, if you don't know how to use it, what value do you have? So definitely <sighs> for someone who's young, and especially if you are working in a firm or you're interning, that is where you provide your value. That is where if the partner doesn't know how to, to get onto Westlaw or Fastcase or whatever, that's where you provide the value. Not that somehow you're going to get the footnote and it's just going to win the case. <laughs> the other thing that I would say, and I think it's you should always be trying to, if you're young, always be trying to learn. Information now is cheap. And in the sense of it's no longer, you can go online, for example, and take classes at MIT or, or the University right. of Pennsylvania through Coursera. And I'm signed up for a couple of those. Um, I listen to podcasts when I work out and whether it's NPR or your podcast or Lee Rosen, right. even relearning um, Spanish. Oh, que bueno. Que tal? ¿Quieres practicar? Sí. Quisiera una cerveza, por favor. Yo tengo un vino. <laughs> um, so, you know, to me, learning is, there's so much value in not just saying, oh, that's boring, but you incorporate. If you know you have a long drive, listen to a podcast. And you start to learn little things that when you are counseling a client, you've heard something, you've seen something, you have the ability to have a conversation. And clients, they want to feel safe and secure and that you are knowledgeable, not to the point that you're talking down to them, but you know, they want to know that you have an understanding. And so learning is to me, one of the most critical things that anybody can do. And you should be doing it constantly, nonstop, whether you're reading, whether you're taking courses online, whether you're listening to podcasts. If a young lawyer asks me, that's where I think they should be spending a lot of their time. That's all such great advice. It's been so nice having you on New Solo, Nate. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I really appreciate This was fun. It is fun. I know everyone always says that at the end. They always say, this is fun. Listen, if our guests want to just learn more about your practice or maybe ask you a couple follow-up questions, how can they do that? Uh, well, I think you mentioned my website, but again, mm -hmm. it's uh, Cade, C-A-D-E, that's Charlie Alpha Delta Echo hyphen or dash law.com. Uh, or you can always reach me at nate at kate-law.com. And I'm happy to talk with anyone. And uh, in fact, I've got friends who've gone out. I have a, I still have the spreadsheet that I would send to them saying, here's everything I think you awesome. need to about. And, you know, they make decisions from there. And it's, a, it's you plug and play and you test out, um, you know, I had various numbers in there. It was a guy that we were talking about going into partnership with and you know, I had hourly rates figured in and hours and, you know, if you got, uh, okay, if you got 85 cents on the dollar realization rate, what does that do in terms of your net profit? And, you know, it, it was a, just a, a living, breathing thing that you could look at it and say, you know what, I think I'm going to be okay. 
And I think that's what uh, the young lawyers need to hear. I agree with you completely. So I want to thank you so much. I'm going to have you back in a few months. I'm going to load up some questions for you. Come back maybe um, after I've figured out a couple new technologies to inject into your practice. We can talk about it. But um, again, I really appreciate it. Well, thank you. So, I greatly hear. Well, that brings us to the end of our show. I'm Adriana Linares, and thank you for listening. Make sure that if you want to learn more about what you've heard today, to visit New Solo on the LegalTalkNetwork.com. If you're listening to this on iTunes, make sure you give us a nice five-star review. I need some of those on there. So if you're the type of person that likes to review podcasts, please take a moment to do that for us. You can also make sure to follow us on Twitter and Facebook. So for now, we're signing off. Join us next time for another great episode. And remember, you're not alone. You're new solo. Thanks for listening to New Solo with host Adriana Linares. Tune in again to learn more about how to successfully run your new practice solo here on Legal Talk Network. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Som. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.